0: yo 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 what's up everybody thank you for tuning in to today's podcast it's cody gotham's cave crusader and we're keeping it geekly yes this is your number one stop for all things geek culture from comic books to video games and so much more and man oh man am i excited because not only do we have some awesome fresh dc comics right out the oven but some awesome news from the geek culture so without further hesitation let's go ahead and dive right in and let's see what's buzzing in the geek world So starting right off the rip with my favorite piece of news this week, EA is rumored to be reviving one of its most beloved sci-fi horrors. That's right, Dead Space. So reading right off the article in a direct quote, it looks like it was first claimed by journalist Jeff Grubb this weekend that EA was set to announce a new project during its EA Play Live event on July 22nd, which he previously claimed was an on-name established IP revival by EA's Motive Studio. Dead Space has been under the radar since pretty much 2013 with its last installment. Visceral Game Studios went on to work on a Battlefield title and then effectively was disbanded by EA. So, only time will tell what exactly goes on with this revival. Now, with EA being the one that killed (laughs) Dead Space, I'm wondering exactly what's going to happen with this revival. I'm almost going to guarantee it's going to be filled with the same microtransactions that plagued it to death, but hopefully they're able to fix it. And give us a dead space for please i'm begging you now something else that was awesome that really fulfilled a need for me was transformers revealing rise of the beast which is officially going to give us a tie-in with beast wars Now, transformers rise of the beast was revealed in a virtual event by stephen capel jr the director and it's going to be taken on the storyline from beast wars in the late 1990s This will be similar to the 2018 film Bumblebee, which was set in 1987, but this one's going to be set in 1994. Now, while it's going to be filming in Peru with some outstanding scenery, it looks like we're going to be getting some awesome characters, which is going to include Air Razor rhinox and optimus primal so that is going to be a nice little leadway, and hopefully we see some sort of trilogy that is going to give us more of those beloved beast war characters now it's always awesome when a director was a lifelong fan of the series and hopefully he's able to put his ideas and his visions into a film that is going to do the storyline justice now this is going to lead us to our last piece of news which is going to be the most hit or miss for me since i do love final fantasy 9 but it looks like we're going to be getting an animated series that is going to be geared to children that are the ages 8 to 13. Now, Paris-based Cyber Group Studios has inked a co-development and co-production deal with Japanese video game studio Square Enix to create a new animated series that is going to be based on Final Fantasy IX. Now, this is obviously going to be based upon the storyline centering around a thief who kidnaps a princess And then teams up with her to save the kingdom from evil forces. Now the biggest thing for me though is the story was ultra dark and pretty violent. It was pretty grim. And how are they going to be able to translate that for 8 to 13 year olds in a way that is going to do the story justice? That is my biggest concern here. Now being a huge Final Fantasy 9 fanatic... Fingers crossed that the animated series gets done justice. This is going to lead us to our fresh polls of the week, guys. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive in to our first issue. This is going to lead us to our first comic of the week, which is going to be Justice League issue 63, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art being done by David Marquez. Now, this one was a really interesting issue. We see Naomi waking up in the medical ward. And she, for lack of better words, has no idea what happened. She's confused and she's really worried she's going to be arrested. Now, during her bout with Zambato, she lost complete control. She was losing, you know, grasp of her powers. You know, Her body was experiencing very weird changes. And for, yeah, for lack of better words, she just lost control. Superman was trying to pull her away and she knocked him to the ground and just completely like dismantled him. And the Flash, on the other hand, was gathering up everyone because this portal to their dimension was closing up and naomi wanted justice for her parents even hawk girl's mace the one with the nymph properties was just experiencing such crazy reactions to everything on this planet it was just a sight to behold during this fight and they barely get out in time now batman on the other hand no one had any idea where he was he jumps in the last second and he has a surprise and it's gonna take everybody by storm this actually caught me off guard and I, it, in true batman form he comes to rescue the day Now, another really key point of this issue was Black Adam getting offered a spot on the Justice League. His character arc was just tremendous throughout the last couple issues and it's pretty insane to see Superman step up to the plate and offer him this position, but will he accept it? I really thought this issue filled in a lot of spots for me, even though it wasn't as action-packed as I normally like to read in comics, the story development and the character arc building was just phenomenal. Now this is going to lead us to our next issue which is teen titans academy issue number four written by tim sheridan with art being done by steve lieber now this was another really interesting issue this gave us an official introductory to the backpack as it officially presented them in x marks the spot we see their investigation continue within the teen tower as they go through plenty of trial and errors trying to find out who red x is and who could be the potential suspect. For example, we see them go up to Toby and they hook him up to a lie detector test, but it's not really a lie detector test, it's pretty much shock treatment to get the answers out of him playing good cop, bad cop with Megabat. But obviously they're all just the bad cops in the scenario. With Marissa, Diego, and Megabat patrolling the halls, they have a couple prime suspects and things for lack of better words are not working to their favor because everyone they are confronting is either for lack of better words going off the deep end trying to beat their heads in they may have bitten off more than they can chew though as beast boy and another senior classmate tells them to just to lay off the case they, they have no idea who red x is and this could be someone that means to do them harm but the bat Pack doesn't take heed to their warning because they're closing in on red x and it's only one of three suspects which is billy Batson, matthew price or brick will they be able to find red x and stop him before he stops them Now, I am a sucker for issues that give us introductions to new characters and potential new heroes. So I'm really excited to see what happens with the Bat Pack and Mega Bat because he seems primarily the one that we are going to be focusing on in later runs. Now, this is going to lead us to our last issue, which is going to be Batman Detective Comics issue 1039 written by Markio Tamika with art being done by Victor Bogdanovic. We begin with Roland Worth and Batman going head to head in the smoldering rubble within the sewers, and things are not looking good because Worth's rocket keeps taking out landscape left and right, and it's getting really close to revealing Lady Clayface, who for whatever reason is still assimilating the look of Sarah Worth. Maybe it's some unknown trauma or some effect from A-Day, but she's still within the whole body form. Fight gets explosive and ends with Mr. Worth choking Batman to death. But in the smoldering ashes and smoke, he sees Sarah. So he loses his rage completely. And he just becomes like a shell of a man as he's crawling to his daughter. And as he tries to hold Sarah, she dissolves in his hands. And he's beaten at this point. He lets Batman take him into jail. And it was the shortest stint within Gotham history. Now we see this monster of a man get on the podium and make a public conference calling out Bruce Wayne and Batman and pretty much saying he's going to kill them both. And this leads to him making a very, very interesting partnership with two well-known villains, and it's not looking good for either Batman or Bruce Wayne. Now, the stakes are definitely rising, and it is not looking good for Bruce, but he may have a trick up his sleeve that is going to get him out of this situation. With that being said, that is going to wrap up our podcast for this week. As always, guys, you can find me on my respective social media platforms at Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and so much more at job cody And if you like this type of content, be sure to hit that big red subscription button and turn on notifications to be alerted anytime I drop more content. As always, guys, keep it geekly.